0: This episode contains self-harm. Listener discretion advised. Welcome to Wingtorn. This is a story of a young man with an oath to avenge his parents, a young woman hiding secrets in her blood, and the intertwining fates of three on a mission to prevent all-out war between humans and the Fae. Because what fell before will rise again. This is a fantasy serial podcast, written and performed by Claire C. Marshall. Book 3, Arrest. Chapter 6. Riona. The first thing she noticed, her cloak, was gone. Though it was flimsy protection from the human gaze, it was security nonetheless. Riona, soaked and shivering from their failed escape attempt, Inhaled the stale air hoarsely as her blurred vision struggled to focus. She felt as though she had been under for a long time, exploring in a dark, murky sea. Then she remembered the inn, Tenley. She stared up at the painted white ceiling and felt Connor hovering beside her like an untrained healer tasked with the immense burden of curing her current ailment. His voice, low and scared, tried to give the impression of someone in control in this foreign environment. "'It's all right. Sorry I had to remove your cloak. It, it was sobbing wet. No one's been in here.' She curled into the fetal position as she lay back on the bed, cradling her body with her good wing. The torn wing twitched. It was an effort, but the wing wrapped awkwardly around her left shoulder. She'd never felt this sick. Normally, it was she who cared for Fingal, who, even with his robust constitution, was not immune to illness. I I know I should have removed the rest of your clothes, but we don't have anything else for you to wear, and and I didn't want to leave you, and and I didn't want you to… Beside her, Connor sat in the chair. He was talking, always talking. He was still wearing his wet clothes. Foolish. Did he want to be sick? As pain ripped through her and she aggressively tugged at the fabric of her damp dress, which Connor had not removed, she noted the closed door. It needed to be barricaded. And the window behind her? The curtains needed to be shut. Her sluggish gaze flitted about the room, finding fault and cracks in their security. Her dry lips parted to order him to remedy this at once, and in a haze she remembered. Connor attempting to take her from the room, tumbling onto the balcony, vomiting. Connor telling the staff she was... "'Turn around,' she said, gritting her teeth as she pulled the blankets further up her body. "'Uh, sure,' He stood and did as she asked. Do you need me to... Yes, there were several tasks for him to perform, but not this one. With great effort, she removed her dress beneath the blankets, leaving her slip on. She tried to throw the wet fabric off the bed, but another wave of nausea gripped her. She clutched the blankets around her securely as she leaned over the side of the bed. A bucket awaited her, but she only dry heaved. She had nothing left inside. Connor peeked now, concern drying his face. He noticed her abandoned damp dress and removed it from the bed and draped it over the cot Tenley had taken great care to set up. As she tried to sort out what she wanted Connor to do first, another wave of gut pain captured her and her body seized. Squeezing her eyes shut, she stifled a cry for it to pass, wishing she had a better command of a pain-numbing spell. The presence in the back of her mind noted her pain a pair of invisible hands clamped the back of her head slowly from palm to curled nail which tapped its secret messages into her skull not now not now but of course now when her body was being tested edge of it was a struggle to remain with him in the room do you have a knife on you She asked Connor, vaguely aware of him waiting around listlessly in the room. Some rustling, the sound of metal gently slapping against his palm as he produced the blade. Relief flooded her. Good. Now? With effort, she hoisted her arm towards him. Cut. He scowled and recoiled. What? No! Why? He wanted an explanation? How could she even begin when he had no way of comprehending how she felt? Bloodletting helps. As his gaze drifted to the old scars on her wrists, she watched him put together the pieces but not the right pieces. That's not going to help you become less poisoned. Besides, I have nothing to sterilize this blade unless I go downstairs. Don't argue with me. Do as I say. She closed her eyes and braced herself for the pain and the inevitable sense of calm. She heard him stand and pace about the room. No, no, I won't hurt you. You are hurting me now by not helping. Do you know nothing? That jolted her back. The anger, it boiled her, gave her strength, power, "'She felt the rush of it pump through her veins, "'sharpening her vision as she took in the boy "'who had the audacity audacity to assume he controlled. "'Oh, so suddenly you know everything!' "'She shouted, drowning out the seductive voice within. "'I know how to not give you further infection, yeah,' he retorted. "'She slammed a hand on the bed, Feeling the pull of her power, it would be so easy to grab his head, shake shake him, shake shake the knowledge 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 into him. him 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 You do not make decisions for my body, she said to him, to the ceiling as she glared holes into it, so pristine and orderly, including telling everyone I'm pregnant silence. The sound of him shuffling awkwardly. It was just the most plausible excuse I could think of. Fainting doesn't need an excuse. I've been poisoned by people who hate who I am. He sulked, turning away from her. She scoffed. Now she'd hurt his feelings. Wonderful. She held fast. He wasn't going to get away with this one. Never do that again. Follow my lead next time. Sure, once I figure out how to read your mind. The door burst open. Of course it did. It hadn't been secured. Riona grunted and thrashed, failing in her attempt to leap up and charge the intruder. But it was Olivan. Connor quickly shut the door behind him. Where have you been? Connor snapped at him. Whoa, whoa, all right, settle down. Then, upon seeing Riona waylaid, How are you feeling? Fine. She spat. "'Well,' Ollivan said slowly, holding up paper bags with ornate ribbon handles. "'I know I was a bit of a jerk earlier, so I brought an offering to apologize.' Sheepishly, he set down the bags and produced a navy tunic and held it up to his chest. Too small for him. Perfectly sized for Connor.' I got Iris something, too, but I didn't know her size. She closed her eyes. She didn't have the energy to manage him right now. You had enough airshed for all of this, Connor said. More bags rustling. Oliven, this must have cost a fortune. "'I braided some things. It it was fine. No one suspected me,' he said, far too confidently. "'Riona meant to say that Ollivan was the most suspicious of the three of them, though it came out as a pained groan. She drew the blankets further up around her face. She missed Fingal. He would have known exactly what to do. The two of them had a rhythm Systems and plans for when chaos invaded their lives and when they had to change course in a wingbeat. Her body shuddered more, and then Connor was at her side again, fretting over her, debating aloud whether to take her to the apothecary. Perhaps, she thought, feeling far from her weakened body and on the edge of oblivion, that was a good idea. Surely an apothecary had some kind of remedy for flushing out the body? Oh, no, that would be more vomiting, more days waylaid in bed, more poisoned food. She couldn't eat anything here. They had to leave. The Capitol. If if I don't make it, she managed to say, She peeled her eyes open, and beyond Connor, she noted Ollivan hiding in the corner by the door. Was he actually concerned for her well-being? No, it was a trick. She reached and reached with her hand and finally found Connor's arm. She had to tell him to shoo Ollivan away. So she could instruct Connor to help him help her. And then Connor was out of her reach, blathering on again. I read it once, a little known volume. We'll wait here two hours before sunrise. Then, Oliver, you'll go secure a carriage for emergency departure. An, ex- an excuse that we must leave right then. I'll tell them that we best head for the capital for our families, and we'll be off before anyone can suspect anything. This doesn't have to be any bigger than it is. Then we have a carriage, we're out of Drohoven, and no one will suspect anything." Riona made another noise in protest, but she was already sinking into the bed. There was nothing she could do now. That was her plan. He was responsible for her. One mistake could be their doom. Hi, I'm Claire C. Marshall. I'm the author and performer of Wing Torn. I hope you're enjoying the story so far. I wanted to interrupt myself to talk about a consistent struggle I've had related to my publishing career. And that's marketing my books. If you're an author like me, you know that writing and publishing is just the beginning. You put a story out there, and then what? Well, you have to make people aware of your books. And gaining the interest and trust of a stranger? It's hard work, and it doesn't happen by accident or by chance. It's also tough to know exactly what you're supposed to be focusing on, especially when you're still learning everything about book publishing. So... With that in mind, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming free marketing training I'm making for authors. This training is not a listicle about the best strategies to market and sell your books. This training teaches a foundational, authentic approach to beginning, or if you've been at this a while, rethinking your book marketing efforts. You will learn how to get excited about marketing your books what to do when fear gets in the way, and how you can be less intimidated by the idea of creating your very own marketing plan. Yikes! This all comes from insights I've had from the last 10 years of writing, publishing, and selling thousands of books to people who have never heard of me before. So if you're an author struggling with marketing your titles, go to cmarshallpublishing.com, Forward slash training and sign up to be notified when this free training is live. Yep, that's right. It's free and it's offered by yours truly. That's cmarshallpublishing.com forward slash training. C like the letter C, Marshall with two L's, and publishing.com forward slash training. C marshallpublishing.com forward slash training. And now, Wingtorn continues. Fingal. 15 years ago. Fingal gave the concerned patients no heed as he carried a bewildered young Riona out of the hospital, on to the busy streets of Lertzkruh. The sun hung low in the heavy clouds, but even so he searched the skies for the fae scamp who had spotted them. There, some distance, heading west towards a less dense part of the city, a dark, moving speck in the sky. I could catch him, Riona said sullenly, squinting and shielding her eyes against the sun. I think you should save your strength, no? Fingal replied diplomatically. He took off with Riona down the street, weaving his way between confused and startled human citizens. It was unlikely he would catch the boy, but he had to try. There was no point in releasing Riona into the sky until it was absolutely necessary. Had the boy been a patient? No, he hadn't seen him with the others. And a child in the Fae militia? Not unheard of given what they had done to the human children they kidnapped. You recognized him? He asked the girl briskly. She nodded, suddenly contemplative. The shock and excitement of seeing the boy and the long journey had likely exhausted the poor girl. And the others in the hospital? They knew you, too. She perked up her ears. Her fay hearing was extraordinary. Brendan is calling you. Tell me about the fay patients. What the soldier was saying. It's important. Hesitating, she scratched the back of her head absently, scrunching up her face. "'She told me she couldn't kill for Mama anymore. She couldn't go back to the islands.' "'The archipelagos, you mean?' Fingal pivoted, trying to orient himself south, towards the docks. "'We're taking the next boat off this island.' "'No,' Riona said emphatically. "'She didn't speak as a princess, but as a reasonable adult. "'They'll expect that.' "'She was right. "'He had to protect her from harm, "'from those who would use her to lay claim to a throne, "'to some rights that Fingal couldn't even fathom. "'We'll leave Brandon and Kentina. "'We'll wait it out in an inn.' We'll pick one at random, so they don't. Kentina came quickly towards them with Brendan in tow. Brendan looked relieved at the sight of them, while Kentinah betrayed nothing as he confidently jogged in his full healer regalia towards them. There you are. You disappeared with the girl so quickly. You startled my patience. I'm sorry. I-, I thought she was in danger. Fingal replied. Hoping his fear came across as sheepishness. I thought maybe the boy was part of those Fey Royalists you were speaking of. Cantina raised his eyebrows, impressed. Yes, I also came to that conclusion. I've alerted my other contacts to search for the boy. Though, as you know, with their advantage of flight. Finkel nodded in understanding. It was unlikely they'd catch the scamp now. "'The three of us will stay in the hospital "'and guard your patients from assault, "'in case they return with more friends,' Brendan offered. Cantina shook his head briskly. "'No, no, you'll be safe in my villa. "'I won't show those Fey Royalists my cards, so to speak. "'Let them believe we and the patients are vulnerable for now.' "'Although Fingal nodded,' His entire body felt numb. To allow the enemy to believe he was vulnerable was not an option. Thank you for listening to Wing Torn. This episode was written, performed, and produced by the author, Claire C. Marshall. The Wingtorn Theme Music is composed by Cloud Road Music. An additional music is by Irene Chan. For sponsorship or advertising inquiries, or to learn more about my books, please visit wingtorn.com.